What I don't see a lot of companies do, but I bet it's I'm, I'm seeing more of it is just being really intentional about what is that experience that they want to create. Like, how do they want people to think and feel about the organization that they're joining? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be doing that completely right now, but what do you aspire um, for it to be? And how do you measure that and sort of see what are current perceptions against that vision? What does need to change to truly create that experience for people? Hi, everybody. Welcome to the HR Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Equitable. I am Joseph Ifiegbu, the CEO and co-founder of Equitable. This HR Leadership series focuses on what companies are doing to understand employee satisfaction, productivity, diversity, and how leaders are approaching the moments of truth. Join us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Equitable Leadership Series, uh, where we talk about all things HR and HR analytics. Today, we have a very, very, very special guest with us, Emma Dawson, um, and we are so excited. I've been looking forward to this to this um, episode for like I don't know months now. <laughs> so, uh, because you know, really excited to have Emma on the podcast. Emma is an incredible leader in the space, um, leading talent um, development functions in companies like Dropbox, um, Coinbase, LinkedIn, and is an investor um, and an advisor uh, in a variety of companies. So Emma, thank you so much for, for being here with us today. We're so excited to have you. Uh, so great to be here, Joseph. <laughs> so we'd love to just start with just, you know, just like you, like you, like people to know you a little bit more, like your, your experiences and really how you, like your career and how you started and just I mean, I mean, I would love to even hear for myself. I want to hear like just that story for you, how you started in, in the space and, and what your career has been like um, thus far. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, th I think I'm, I, I feel very fortunate actually, because I found my passion really early in my career. And, um, you know, back doing my undergrad, one of the areas I was studying is, was organizational culture. And so as part of that, I was able to do some consulting work where, where we did some sort of like M&A and culture integration work. And I could just see the power of like, if you could really inspire people around a culture and, um, and, and foster collaboration, just how successful an organization could be. And so after I finished studying, and I, I'm from New Zealand, by the way, so I, I was studying in New Zealand. And then I went off to the UK and I spent 10 years in the UK um, mainly working in quite mature organizations, I would say, and, and that's where I qualified as an organizational psychologist, and I would say really learned my craft. So I was working with very experienced consultants that, I, you know, I was so curious, and I just learned so much in terms of, like, really how to take a really sort of organizational development mindset to that kind of work, um, and so I'm really grateful for the experiences I had there. And then I've been in the Bay Area in the States for the last 10 years, working with, you know, very different kinds of organizations, just incredibly fast moving, fast scaling, um, and then having to be really sort of thoughtful around, like, how do I insert my expertise in a way that's going to um, give that organization the most leverage? Wow, that, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> um, and so, like, Obviously, like, you, you know, you, you've worked in a variety of, of companies and 
um, unicorns, you've worked in like massive organizations and conglomerates. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things in, in, in that we are seeing right now is you know, talent, right? Hiring top talent uh, being a challenge, but, but more importantly, the retention of top talent. Mm. I mean, we've, we've seen this, the great, we call it the great migration, the whatever, like there's so many names now, but um, why in your, from your experience, I mean, just looking at obviously the last two, two and a half years has been insane. No one anticipated what was going to happen um, in the world, but even just like the effect that it would have on, on work as we know it. Mm. And so why, you know, why is this whole thing of retention, especially with top talent, why is that a challenge and what do you think um, from your experience that organizations can do about it um yeah i'd love to just get that yeah yeah and and i think obviously there's some unique challenges that have come up with the pandemic which makes this even more acute um but i mean i think especially in the bay area like the talent market has been competitive highly competitive for an incredibly long time like it's it, that's been a dynamic that's been ever present and it's, it's really interesting, actually, because when I think about retention, I, I think about all the data that we have gathered on, you know, ideas like engagement over the last several years. And, you know, we ha ha now have a really good understanding about what drives engagement. And so much of that is, is really around, like, creating an environment where people can have an impact. Um, having great managers who, who really sort of see them and, and you know, they give them the sense of belonging and support their development. And, and yet, I think so often when it comes to retention, we lean towards uh, shortcuts. And, you know, we think, okay, well, let's adjust compensation or, or this training program or give this person a promotion. And I think the reality is, is like, we need to be way more proactive and it takes time to invest in having an environment that's truly inclusive and developing managers who can really support their teams. And so, so I think it's like, you know, um, something that if you're an organization that isn't heavily investing in those areas right now, it's like start today. Like that's something that um, when things get tough, when, um, you know, businesses go through ups and downs, I think that's a key thing. If someone feels like they are aligned to the purpose of the organization and have that support uh, from their managers and their team, investing in that really makes a huge difference. So uh, a quick question on that, because, you know, you, you've worked at um, like rapidly growing companies, let's call it like, you know, startups that, that turns into unicorns. And, you know, in that, in, in that, and I've experienced this myself, but in that process, I'm sure one of the things that you started to see was people moving into manager roles that were less experienced. Um, mm -hmm. And so I know you're, you, one of the things you mentioned, great, you know, great manager supporting development. So rather than like harping on that, that's probably uh, uh, one of the, the detriments to like employee experience at, at these early stage companies is managers being experienced. Let's focus instead on what, can we do to sort of preempt that? Um, you know, what can startups do to essentially put their managers and or their employees that are turning into managers and turning into directors, et cetera, into sort of a great position to be able to mentor their employees, care about them, improve the employee experience before we sort of like hit 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 the bad part? Yeah, that is that is such a good good question. And I think so, and I think so many of these skills actually are relevant even when you're in an individual contributor role. It's like, you know, whether even if it's not just like say I often think about like 
setting clear expectations, ability to give feedback and ability to coach. Like if you could do, if managers or an ICs in the organization could do those three things, that's, that's like 80% of the challenge, right? And so I think as an IC, like, uh, you know, getting familiar with that skill of setting expectations, even when working on projects and aligning with others, um, being practicing giving feedback as part of um, just sort of continuous feedback processes, giving feedback to peers and asking for feedback on a regular basis. Um, and same with coaching, like not learning basic coaching questions. So, so I think these are the kinds of things that are kind of like everyone's skills that an organization could be investing in from the very beginning. And that would give them, you know, to your point around getting people ready. I mean, it is so great to have people who are ready to step into management roles. And also they're like really familiar about like, what does it take to be a great manager? And they're making a really informed decision as to whether or not they want to step into that. So, so I love that question. And I think, um, you know, sort of L&D driving those kinds of um, skills and having leadership really practice and demonstrate those skills from get, from day one is really important. Yeah, I think I, I totally agree with that. I think one of the, the, the biggest challenges that, that we've sort of seen with remote work is that need for clear, like just being clear across the board. It's, it's a question I quite often ask founders of like, when you're hiring and someone, a candidate asks you like, what are your top three priorities and how can I contribute? What's your answer to that? Because if you want really, like, you know, really strong talent coming into your organization, they want to have an impact. They want to connect with that vision. Um, and so the ability to share that and always have it top of mind is, is really important. Lovely. I love to hear like in terms of what companies can do from a, from a culture standpoint to be able to kind of position themselves um, appropriately for, for success really in the workplace. Mm. I think that's, a, I think that's a, a really good, I mean, great, great question. Let me think about how to best break that down. So I think um, I think the thing that we all have to have in common joining an organization is like a passion for the purpose. So I think, you know, hiring people who are excited about that doesn't, doesn't mean they need to be experts at all, but they're excited and contributing to that is really important. And then I think beyond that, I mean, you know, we, we sometimes like um, talk about how are people adding to this culture, like what strengths are they bringing that they can really put into practice. And, and I think you have to have a culture that really allows for that. Um, people being curious about each other, asking, you know, what, what do they want to do more of? What strengths do they want to bring and play out? Um, being curious to different working styles, different communication styles, all of those kinds of things. And just to give like a, a tangible example, I think one of the things I often find in people developing to be managers is, um, is just this realization, like aha moment around like, People uh, are energized by different things. Some people like structure, some people are unstructured. And obviously there are a lot of like different type tools that you can use to sort of get to the heart of that. But it's often a realization for people that, um, you know, people show up in very different ways in the world. And I think it's it's this, a skill of a manager and a skill of this, the culture is to really sort of bring that out, allow space for it and really capitalize on those strengths as an organization. So I think there's an element of like psychological safety there, a willingness to sort of bring, show up, be creating space for people to show up and do things in different ways that are in service of that purpose. Um, so I've heard the theme a lot about uh, uh, leadership having to have a significant role 
um, sort of in this entire process. Um, one of the things I found like to be the biggest challenge is the counterplay or the balance between uh, employee experience, like building a culture, which you, which you can't force, right? It, need, it, needs, to, it needs to sort of be uh, innate as well as, you know, uh, like sort of nurtured um, with business fo- uh, outcomes and business focus, et cetera. How do you tie those two together? Because it's also one of the challenges that we have as people analytics product. People say, well, you're in HR, right? Here's your HR product, et cetera. And like, there's no true ROI for running analytics, let's say, or improving the employee experience, but there clearly is. So how, I'm sure you've, in your experience, connected those dots for leaders in the past saying like, this equals this, and this is how we do it. So I'm curious if like, how you've done it uh, in the past, if, if you had any like principles around there. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm like, from a learning and development perspective and like a talent management perspective, I'm like, I'm very into sort of metrics and baselining things and that, and, you know, I think too often in the past, like we potentially jumped into some kind of solution. And now I think it's really important to stand back, evaluate current state. What are the current metrics on something, whether it be, I don't, I don't know, like it could be ramp time. It could be engagement. um, It could be retention, any of those things and being very clear around, okay, here is the current state. Um, here are the interventions that we're planning to make, and here are the points at which we actually think we could have um, we could have realistic behavior change and measure at those points. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think I think that's really important. We do that a lot, particularly with engagement, um, where we might have um, like retention issues, and maybe it, we die, you know go through our engagement data, and is it a career development issue? Is it like a management issue? What what kinds of things need to be done? and then making sure that we're measuring and following up regularly. Um, One of the things that I did um, from a learning and development standpoint, um, and you actually asked me this question, like how early do L&D people uh, typically come in these days? And I I think 10 years ago, like I I think I joined LinkedIn at about 800 employees. And then now I'm seeing people come in like sub 100 employees now to to come in and do this kind of work. but a program that I ran at LinkedIn, it was like, um, they still have that going today. It was called Manage In, we called it. We had to have an in on the end, of course. And um, But it was a six-month program, and we we baselined everything. We did um, a 360 at the beginning, and we did a 360 at the six-month point. And we were able to measure, um, you know, really detailed behavior change that we'd had against our key management development attributes, which which then tied back to this infrastructure, obviously, that we had at the at the top level, and 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 criteria that we would hire against and and measure performance against. Um, and we saw, uh, we also sort of kind of like A-B tested it as well. We had a group that went through it and a group that didn't. And what, how did that impact all of this data? So, so I think it was a, a very compelling story that we were able to put together on the impact of this work. Um, and saying that, I think, it's, I think it's, um, it's expensive to do that kind of level of evaluation, but it's important. And I think you just have to figure out as an L&D function, like uh, what are our biggest investments? Um, and what are the couple of things that we're really going to evaluate in that in-depth level? Yeah, I mean, I think I think along the theme, I mean, you've mentioned, obviously, people are investing at this at much earlier stages at 100. I mean, 
you know, I don't know how many years back, but if you would have looked at when they would even add a head of people or, uh, you know, head of talent, or uh, I think that's even moving up earlier and earlier. We've seen companies of 15, 20 people suddenly have like a head of people role um, because the employee experience is, is critical. So the hope is obviously that you don't really need to explain this anymore. Like the employee experience is clearly uh, a driver of, of company success, but you still have to, you still have to in many scenarios. And so I appreciate, appreciate that sort of uh, connecting the dots. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, I even had a founder say to me the other day, he's like, I think we're just in the, like his view is we're in this evolution of like, we've been product focused and now it's people focused. Like it's, it's the key, the key thing we need to be driving from the outset. Um, so, so I think it's, I think it's very important and really important early on. And, and, and I do think, um, what I don't see a lot of companies do, but I, but it's, I'm, I'm seeing more of it is just being really intentional about what is that experience that they want to create? Like, how do they want people to think and feel about the organization that they're joining? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be doing that completely right now. But what do you aspire um, for it to be? And how do you measure that and sort of see what are current perceptions against that vision? What does need to change to truly create that experience for people? Um, which is a very different approach than sort of saying, let's just, let's just go and see who joins and see how, how this evolves, <laughs> which can, can happen quite often. I mean, I, I think in the early stages, especially now, especially for us, as we see, like you, you look for for talent and not necessarily this this elusive culture fit. Um, and so, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we have you know, let's say all our founders interview everyone, which which definitely helps direct it a little bit. But one hundred percent, you need to start having the conversations about well, who are the type of people. Um, you know, I think Joseph has always mentioned it when when we used, when we were hiring in our in our old days when we were on the same team together um, at WeWork. But we would essentially say like we just want to hire nice, genuinely nice people who just know how to get stuff done. <laughs> um, which is like, yeah. Yeah. that's fine, right? That's yeah. not really a definition of culture, um, but that's a that's a good starting place, uh, starting point. Um, yeah. But. You, you definitely have to start to really have that conversation because people want people want direction people want um understanding of the the company mission um so yeah. I mean, and what you just said around is is, is a really important point we're not wanting to do that culture fit aspect but there are other things like what you just described of like the environment we want to create or even things like you know some organizations are like we want to be really really development centric hmm. And, you know, come here, we're looking for, you know, high potential people, we'll, we'll invest in you, we will have, we invest in our managers, and they're here, they're here ready to support you. Other environments will be like, we are, you know, very focused on performance, and we will hire fast and fire fast. And that's really what we're here to do. So, so I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, figuring out on all these things, like, what's important to you as an organization? What is the upside of that, like, or even downside, really, of hiring um, for potential versus experience in, in a work in a workplace today. Yeah, well, um, I think it's it, this is an interesting question because I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Mm. Um, but I think you have to have a very different talent strategy um, to support, you know, either approach. I mean, I often think it depends how much time do you have. 
uh, like in terms of how fast do you need to move as an organization, as well as how much time do you actually have to invest mm. in people development. And, you know, I have this conversation um, all the time with people when I'm doing org design and really thinking intentionally about this. And I, and I think this is another great, it's another great like workforce planning question, really. Like I, I, I think workforce planning is like one of the hottest skills right now. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, we're talking about it a lot. But, um, but this is a, an example of like, sometimes when I'm sitting with a, with a leader designing their team, I, you know, it's that, and they, they might say, oh, I could get like a senior manager in this role, then they could develop into this. And I'm like, how much time do you have? Like, when do you actually need someone to be performing at director level uh, for this business? And it's like, well, tomorrow. Okay, well, if that's tomorrow, we need to hire someone with experience who can sit the, hit the ground running and go. Mm -hmm. And so, but then other times I also sort of say like a, a huge thing um, for success is like, I often say to managers, you need to make sure you have like at least half of your direct reports are high potential and can take on higher levels of work in the organization because that is so important to scaling. Yeah. So, so I think ideally you always have like a balance of the two. I think if you index all the way over to like, okay, let's just get high potential people who can come in and figure it out. Um, I think that, you know, and there's no one there to sort of coach and guide yeah. then I think it can it can waste time and I think there are more efficient ways and and I don't think it's a great experience for those that high potential talent either so mm -hmm. so I think it's like really sort of thinking about the balance in the team what is needed in terms of when results and uh you know have to happen um yeah as a, as a combination this has been really great um Emma like thank you so much um for 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 coming on the podcast uh, we, we've really enjoyed having uh, having this conversation uh, and it's it's been it's been incredible um uh, so thank you so much for your time and, and joining us absolutely it's been great great fun thank you so much joseph and gabe really enjoyed it <laughs>